So today my mom is going to give the memory, a special one. Let's take it away. Hi, everybody. Thank you all for coming. So nice to see you all. I'm in charge of the memory this week, but you're going to do the actual shear until I have more composure to get through one. But I did find something amongst my mom's things that I want to share with you that really blew my mind. We made a surprise 70th birthday for my father in South Bend, Indiana, and we put together a book. Everybody contributed to this book and we laminated all the pages. And I found my mother's poem that she wrote in honor of my father's 70th birthday. And it just kind of exposes all of her priorities in her life in this wonderful little poem, which I'm going to share with you. Take the finest of intellects, pack it with six Siddharam of Shas by the age of 20, expose it to the best in astronomy, mathematics, and music, endow it with the Rebbe of great fame. Rav Yitzchak Hutner was his name. Crown it with a Gaon who took him by the hand so that he could always take a stand in the peaks and valleys of Halakha. Harav Yosef Eliyahu Henkin was his name. Zecher Tzadik Libracha. Fill the heart with compassion for the poor, the downtrodden, the desolate, the lonely, and the weak. Wrap it all in humility and self-effacement, no glory does he seek, and you will get Abba. That says it all, all of her values, all of her priorities. And the most wonderful thing about it is she got it all in my Abba. And that's my memory for this week. Okay, so... I've noticed a few themes coming up and then it's the third week I'm doing it. So I thought I would focus on the three things that keep coming up. One is his use of punctuation to get a better shot in a way that like you would never think of. One is the comparison of the human courtly things to the way that Hashem's court runs. And the third is... He really enjoys um, disagreeing with the Ramban, I noticed. And my mom has this Cooperman edition that has a really nice reaction to that. So we're going to get to all of that. So the Parsha was Mishpatim. And, you know, it's full of laws. There's laws about slaves, about murder, about arson, about how to adjudicate about perjury. And in one of the, I always think it's so amazing, like that the Torah thought to to say, like, actually, you can't lie when you're giving testimony. Like that's something that people have to be told because it's such an obvious thing to do. Like, oh, obviously somebody asked you to go to court, you're going to say whatever would help them. And then Torah says, no, in the context of, so this is Perak Kuf Gimel Pasuk Beis for whoever's falling along. Lo siya rabim lera'os. Don't be following after the majority to bad. And don't give a bad testimony to push things after the bad majority. It's a very kind of difficult pasuk, kaf gimel pasuk beis. And Rashi really struggles with this pasuk in trying to bring together a pshat and all of the writings of, you know, Chochmei Israel. So what Rashi says is, Yesh midrashe Israel. There is on this pasuk a lot from Chochmei Israel. Aval ein l'shon ha-mikra bahen 
al ofanav, but it's very hard to get a kind of shot reading out of this. So Rashi goes through a lot of what the Gemara says about this, talking about how, you know, this is about judges, that if you have two judges, they have to be very careful about how they go. But in the end, Rashi's reading of the shot is as follows. If somebody asks you about a certain judgment, don't answer him about this fight. Don't answer him in a way that follows the majority after the bad. So if we're reading the Pasuk, don't follow the majority if they're going in the bad way. Don't give a testimony or an answer in a fight or in a judgment. That leans things in the direction of the bad majority. That's Rashi's pshat. So then it has a different reading. So first of all, Rabbi Kuberman writes, or his son, his son wrote his this. Son. His son wrote, We all know about Rashi's struggles to make what Chachmei Yisrael have said about this fit with the Pshat. Rabbeinu the Nitziv goes in a completely different direction. As he paves his own way, to be Pshat, not against what Chazal said, but parallel to them. He's really explaining what, what the Nitziv's approach here is in such a beautiful way. So on lo si'achare rabim lahatos, don't follow the majority when they're doing bad. And Nitziv says, im rabim osim ra'abibirur. And Rabbi Cooperman translates birur as norma hitnahagutichot tzibur. Like a, if, if, if the, the tzibur, if the people, the population have taken up a bad norm, don't be following after what they're doing. Lo af al even though many people do that. That's what the Nitzv says on the first half of the Pasuk. The second half of the Pasuk, he puts the punctuation in a very different place than Rashi. Velo al he puts it after reef. Lo sa'ana al reef. Don't answer, don't speak to a fight. If there is a quarrel and they're trying to get you into the quarrel, lo sa'ana al ribam. Don't get involved. Just be quiet, be silent. Don't get involved in these fights. Below sa'ane al riv, that he puts the punctuation al riv, not al riv lintos achare rabimatos. Below sa'ane al riv, don't get involved in the quarrels. Just hold your peace and do the right thing. Avalintos, im hadavar shakulets lecha ech lintos ka'elo vekaelo, azai achare rabim lahatos. So he says, this is how you read the pasuk. Don't get involved in a quarrel. Keep your peace and do the right thing. But if you are trying to decide which way to go and you don't know who is right and who is wrong, follow the majority. 
you should follow what the majority say. We know that, you know, generally people find their way to do the right thing. It's such a beautiful, beautiful pshat. Zehu pshata dehaipra. That's the pshat that Nitziv says. But there's a lot of medrash around it. So you see how he uses punctuation in such a unique way to get such a different reading out of this. So again, Rashi says, Don't answer in a judgment in a way that will push the majority in the wrong direction, right? Calling back to losia afare rabim liraos. The majority, if they're doing the wrong thing, don't get involved in a way that's going to push them further to do the wrong thing. The Nitzv says the exact opposite. Don't follow a bad norm, a precedent that's being set by, by society. Don't get involved in quarrels. Hold your peace and do the right thing. Lintos, but if you're not sure which way to go, if there's a real conundrum, Ahare Rabim Lahatos. You can sort of rely on the Oilam to get it right, more or less. Just a beautiful, beautiful pshat. I wanted to look at another piece. So after all of these, you know, um, you know, all of these laws that are laid out, Hashem says to Moshe, Perakaf Gimel Pasakaf, on the beginning of Shishi. I'm sending you an angel to go before you, to watch over you in your way, and to bring you to the place that I have designated. So again, the Nitzv takes issue with the Ramban. So, uh, Rashi says that this is a hint that the Chet Egel is coming. And then Hashem is going to say that the angel is instead of Hashem. Like after the Chet Egel says, Hashem, I can't, I just can't. It's going to be an angel. It's like a demotion. But the Ramban says no, because this Zera didn't happen because Moshe davened on behalf of Bnei Yisrael and Hashem listened to him. Therefore, the Ramban explained Dekai al-Malach shehalach imi Hoshua. Meaning, Rashi says this Malach, this angel, replaces Hashem because Hashem gets so disgusted with Bnei Yisrael that he can't possibly be with them after Chayta Egel. He says, I'm going to give you a malach instead. The Ramban says that can't be because Moshe davens on behalf of the people. And Hashem listens. This angel is talking about an angel in the time of Yehoshua. And then it says, And this too is not correct. And in the Cooperman, <laughs> the footnote on that, Rabbi Cooperman says, and then he has three exclamation points after it. It's just so evocative. Like he wanted in his text, I'll show you, <laughs> for you to see like how meaningful this was to him to pause and say, like, look how the power of the Achronim that they can say about Rishonim no, that's not right. You know, this is a sort of like Mika Amcha Yisrael moment. It was just a really beautiful little note that he puts there. So he explains what, why, you know, why couldn't this possibly be about Yoshua? Like it's shot. Lishmorcha bidrachacha is not about Eretz Yisrael. It's about being in the desert. 
משמעות דווקא בייס הבחירה. דל כל ארץ הקודש לא שייך לשון המקום אלא הארץ. If he was talking about Israel, it would say הארץ. It wouldn't say המקום. המקום is a very specific place. We're talking about בייס הבחירה. So what, what's the Nitziv's explanation of this Malach? This is again something that keeps coming up in the Nitziv. The court of here, of the world, is similar to the court of Shemayim. The king has a posse, has a court, has a full staff to take care of the needs of his people. There's a time when the king goes by himself with the people. Where he takes care of fighting for them and of their needs. But even when the king himself is walking amongst the people, you will never find him by himself. He will always have a staff member around him. That's what the Nitziv is saying is the role of this Malach. He is not replacing Hashem, but he is one of these members of his staff who's coming to deal with the things that the people need while he is in their midst. So the Nitziv rejects the idea that somehow this angel, this Malach, is replacing Hashem in the midst of Bnei Israel. Rather, the Malach is a member of Hashem's staff who is there to listen and to do to intermediary. There's a third thing I wanted to look at because it's, my mom and I were talking earlier, it's so nice to have the Nitziv on things you think about a lot and hear a lot. So after all of this, Moshe writes down all of the Mishpatim that Hashem just told him. And he builds a Mizbeach. It says, Moshe. This is Perakaf Dalet, Pasuk Dalet. Moshe es kol divrei Hashem. Moshe writes down all of Hashem's words. He woke up in the morning. They, they bring um, korbanos. He sprinkles the blood. And then it says, Moshe took Sefer Habris, this, this book he had just written, the covenant, the book of the covenant. He read it out to, in the ears of the people. And they said, everything Hashem said, we will do and we will hear. So, uh, the Nitzv says, Why in the ears of the people? Why not to the people? Multiple explanations. Everybody heard this line that Moshe told the people everything Hashem said. And they already said, They already said, and everything, all of Hashem's things we will do. What is added? by the fact that Moshe then decided to read from the book he had just written. And what, what moved them to say, everything Hashem said, we will do and we will listen. Why did it say then, and here, 
it's like we talked about before. Actually, it's like we talked about before because um, this is one of the ones we learned last week. The pasuk atem itam kishtayim nishma mimashi hiktima kadosh baruch hu kol amar lahamona am sheavinu ki akadosh baruch hu masnei sheyasku b'torah ba'avoda u'begemilus chasadim lo diber shaharei b'tiv am hema bnei Abraham Yitzchak biyakov gomle chasadim v'gam kol umos ha'olam al chesed mibnei ha'olam. So before, when Hashem was giving over, uh, Moshe was giving over the laws and the halachos, it was about Torah and Avoda, but it wasn't specifically about Gemilus Chasadim because Gemilus Chasadim, we know naturally B'nai Israel have Gemilus Chasadim and also Kolomos Olam. Everybody, non-Jews as well, are full of Chesed because Ha'olam al Chesed Nibna. The world was built out of Chesed. There's something in the DNA of the world, everything that is built out of kindness. That's why they said everything that Hashem said, we will do. We will do, meaning Torah and Avodah, the things specifically for the Jewish people that Hashem asked for. But as we learned last week, Hashem also gave an extra condition to G'dolei Israel. For gemilut chasadim, for a specific way to do chesed, that all of their actions should be l'shem shamayim. Not from like a place of this makes sense to me that I should be a good person. This is logical. This is natural. But specifically to sanctify Hashem's name, and we learned last week that's what am segula means. It's not something Hashem gives us. It's something that we do for Hashem with our actions, even the natural ones, even the natural tendency to be good. I thought this was so interesting. The book Moshe just wrote, it's not a book of laws. It's the entire Torah that we have learned from Bereshis until now, including all of the Masse Avos. He specifically put it in their ears because this is their specific history about how to become Hashem's people. That's what they answered as one, as Hashem's treasured people. Nase v'nishma. Nase meaning al Torah va'avoda. V'nishma al gmilus chasadim. For chesed, shelo shayach lomar al zed naase. It's not shayach to say on chesed naase. Sharei gam bleed var Hashem hayu osim. It's so radical. Like even if Hashem didn't tell us the Torah, didn't give us halacha, we would still be doing chesed. Like it's just so radical that there's an element of this world that is irrepressible in its commitment to kindness. And what Hashem wants is for us to take that and make it His as well. And as we learned last week, The whole thing is on you. Like it's all on you and it's on everything, even this gift of chesed that Hashem used in order to create the world. So that's what Nase Benishma means to the Nitziv. Nase 
means we're going to do the things specifically that Hashem told us to do. The nishma, we're going to take that natural thing of chesed that the world was created on that's already in us and listen to that, but turn that into something that is also for Hashem. Just so special and so beautiful from the Nitzvah and Nasab Nishma. So thank you all so much for coming. I know she's so honored that we're all doing this and it's an honor for us to do it for her.